Hello, and welcome to BCF Moment of Truth. We are Bethel Campus Fellowship, and our mission and vision is to lead students to Christ and prepare them to become reliable men and women that God can entrust with his word for the next generation. My name is Sarah Aryi, and I'll be your host. I serve in the high school department as well as BCF Psalms. I'm also gonna introduce our guests, or let them introduce themselves rather. We have Amarachi. Yes, as Sarah said, my name is Amarachi and I serve as a mentor at the Bethel Campus Fellowship Chapter at the University of Maryland College Park. I also serve in BCF Psalms. Nice, and we also have Faye. Hi everybody, it's great to be back. My name is Faye Baboke. I am the former president at the University of Georgia, and I currently serve in the discipleship department. Welcome back. And also, last but not least, we have Uncle George. Hello, I am Uncle George, the National Director of Beto Campos Fellowship. I'm very excited to be here. Me too. All right, so today's topic is overcoming bitterness, anger, and resentment. Um, so maybe a touchy subject, a hard one to deal with, but I think it's important, especially for us as Christians, to know how to nav- navigate this, how to overcome, and you know, to walk in love and in freedom. So without further ado, I'll just open us up in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we ask that you would just take control of this podcast. Lord, I pray for all those who are listening. God, give them ears to hear. I pray, Father, that as we all hear your word, God, that we would also go and do it. Let it not merely be a good word or a good discussion or a good conversation, but Father, I pray that as we hear what your word says, that we would be compelled in our hearts to follow you and obey you. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, so like I said, today's topic is overcoming bitterness, anger, and resentment. And our anchor scripture is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. And I'll just read it really quickly. So it says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Amen. Amen. So this is, you know, a clear instruction from the Lord. He's telling us what to do. And it's clear that, you know, bitterness and anger and rage and malice is something that Christians should have nothing to do with. And, you know, it's something that seems almost easier said than done. You know, like, don't be angry. Don't be bitter. Don't be this. But I think it's important that we actually take time to discuss and address one, how do these things manifest? How does bitterness you know, become a thing in our hearts? Where does anger come from before we get to talking about how to overcome it? So first off, let's just get into, you know, signs and symptoms. To start the conversation, I think relationships are probably one of the major areas where we become bitter and anger and resentment, especially between, you know, parents or friends or opposite sex. So um, let's just start there. Where do you guys seen or have you experienced signs and symptoms of this in your relationships? Um, I think one of the first sign of bitterness, anger, or resentment is whenever that person's name, uh, you know, comes up, like all of a sudden you just kind of cringe a little bit. Um, And, you know, sometimes it's not always like, oh man, I really hate that person. Right. But um, deep down inside of your heart, you would just rather not put yourself in that situation. And I'm putting my fingers in quotes for those that can't see. Right. Yeah. But I think that that is um, really one of the very clear signs that, hey, there might be a little bit something going on underneath the surface. Mm. What do you think, Amarati? I think that is true. I was thinking about how um, the signs and symptoms may not be obvious. Um, They're not they're not. we're not always boiling in anger and bitterness, especially as Christians. Like sometimes it can go um, under the surface, even to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And so even what Faye just said about cringing when you see someone, that's something that could go easily unnoticed when it happens and you just keep moving. But I think that the danger, um, the danger in it is the fact that, especially with Christians, Bitterness and um, things like resentment and anger can go unsuspected for a very long time. Um, yeah, I think that in itself is, I guess, a symptom yeah. or a consequence, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, I think it is. I think what 
I saw in myself when it comes to bitterness personally is it's not like I feel it all the time. I don't wake up bitter. I'm not mm. going to class bitter. I'm not whatever bitter, but there's a trigger somehow, somewhere. Yeah. At one point, it's if my mom is calling me, mm. then it's like my heart all of a sudden <laughs> becomes very enraged. And I'm like, Kai, where's this coming from? Like, do I, do I need deliverance? You know, and then I don't realize that, oh my, like there's a root somewhere in my heart that has not been addressed or, you know, you're in fellowship with people that you like, but then one person begins to speak and all of a sudden you don't want to hear it or, you know, that's kind of what I think of where it's that something triggers something and it reveals that there's a root in your heart. It makes me think of a scripture. It's James chapter four, verse one. And it says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Mm. And I think that battle is where bitterness is really identified, where there's this inner like wrestling where, you know, the right thing to do is to just be loving and kind, but in your heart, there's something boiling. There's something wrestling when you see this thing or you're triggered in one way or another. Mm. And um, I think that that's really good, um, especially kind of how we've begun to address this thing, um, because oftentimes um, we think that bitterness and anger and resentment is only present when you're manifesting in a prayer room at national <laughs> conference. Right. You know, but but just like you stated that it can go undetected for so long. And I think that just for that reason, um, you know, it's really, really key that we're just that we're even um, addressing it even now. Um, and I, you know, I see it within myself that um, immediately when I feel anger and resentment just begin to like rise up suddenly, I find myself, you know, just being short with people. Um, because if you guys know me well, like, I like to talk, you know, I'm yeah. a, just a very, very friendly person. And like when I find myself, OK, like I'm not really interested in engaging, you know, for an extended period of time with the, with the person, then I you know sometimes I have to take a step back and say, OK, like, did this person do something to me? You know, like, is there yeah. something that's, you know, that's actually really going on? So I think it's really good um, mm-hmm. to understand that it's really it's about the heart. Yeah. You know, it 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 it, it starts. And it's founded in a place where absolutely nobody sees but yourself yeah. and the Lord. Yeah. I, think- yeah. I would like to say, you know, add to this by actually uh, grouping these three things under a one single word, which is emotions. Mm. Yeah. Our emotions. If you look at bitterness, look at anger, look at resentment, they are all built upon the foundation of our emotions. Our emotions. So how do we, uh, let's look at what the Bible said about some of these emotional things that sometimes we don't realize are there, but are hurting us. I'm looking at Galatians chapter 5 <clears throat> from the popular verse 19, you all know. It says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft. Then it talks about hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. Then it talks about drunkenness, orgies, and the like. It says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you look at this, if you count it by proportion or percentage, it talks about um, discord one, Hatred, two, jealousy, three, fits of rage, four, selfish ambition, five, dissensions and factions and envy. These are jealousy. These are all our emotions. Mm -hmm. So what this scripture is saying that our emotions are capable of denying us the kingdom of of God. Mm -hmm. Because rage, anger, and those are built into us uh, uh, when we refuse to understand that we are spiritual. We actually full of the Holy Spirit and mm. they begin to manifest just what you whom you are carnal tendencies carnal mindedness so with that said I want to say that all of us carry these things in one way or the other but I want to very early mention that a man that walks by the spirit that walks in the spirit will not fulfill the desires of his or her emotions Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Uncle George, if I get what you're saying correctly, you're saying in the sense that 
everybody has a choice, you know, everybody has a decision to make, whether to give in to the, um, you know, the emotion that you're feeling of anger, of bitterness and resentment. And, you know, as you were saying that, I thought about um, Genesis chapter four. Um, you know, I believe one of the first instances in the Bible mm. where um, anger, resentment, bitterness, um, jealousy occurs. And that's in the story of Cain and Abel. And, you know, yeah. surprise, surprise, they were brothers. <laughs> yeah. Right. And um, if we look at verse number six, right, um, we can actually start from verse five. It says, uh, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Um, so I think that that is uh, that's obviously, you know, a very clear sign um, of anger, of bitterness, of resentment. Right. The, the countenance falling, you know, um, that what happens on the inside of your heart now becomes apparent on the outside of your face, mm-hmm. right? You know, that the, the countenance falling. And then verse six, it says, so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? Right? He says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like Cain was at a, he was at a crossroad and he was at the very same crossroad that every single person is at right yeah. whereby he had a, a you know he had a decision to make whether or not he was going to be ruled by the emotion that he was feeling or whether he was going to rule that emotion i um, mean i'll just share one um one more thing um i, I read um in a book um one time was this a uh, really well-noted psychologist he made a statement he said that um a lot of times we believe that um that our emotions follow that are yeah, sorry, that our actions precede our emotions, but actually emotion precedes um, action in the sense that like, I'm not, you know, if I say that I'm not doing something because I don't feel like it, all I have to do is just make myself feel a particular way and then my emotions will follow, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that the action essentially precedes the emotion that I've just got to just do the thing, mm-hmm. you know, make that choice, make that decision and then you'll see how the emotion follows. And I believe that this is exactly what God was telling Cain. Yeah. That, hey, sin is at your door. Anger is at your door. But you can make the decision to rule over it. Mm. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. It seems like in that moment, though, um, he was already at the point where he couldn't retreat. And I feel like that's a struggle for many of us, especially when it comes to anger. Um, when something has angered you, has enraged you, it almost seems like, I've gone too far to go back. All that wants to come out right now is just rage or venting or yelling. And I think that becomes a really um, tough thing for Christians. Like, what do you say to someone who has been saying, you know, I've cried out to God, I've asked him to deliver me from anger. I've gone to the prayer room. I've gone to the altar call, but I cannot help but to get angry in these moments. Um, how, like how, what can you say to that? Cause it almost seems easier said than done. Like you say, you know what? Okay, well your actions can precede your emotions. But in the moment, is it what you already know that will help you? Or is it, okay, Holy Spirit, help me so I don't get angry in that one moment? Yeah, I can say something to that. You know, um, these things have roots, whether we people want to agree or not. These things have serious roots. And so these roots are spiritual. Everything is spiritual, you know, where what is seen is temporal. What we don't see is more permanent. Um, what does that mean? If you look at the man, the man of the, the gatherings, the madman from the gatherings, remember that scripture in Mark yeah. chapter five? Mm-hmm. He was an epitome of anger. <laughs> he hated himself to the point, not only human beings, you know, he lived in the tomb. He isolated himself from human beings, right? And he was cutting himself. The Bible said nobody could control him. He was not listening to any man. Nobody could bring him under control. The chains were, he would break his chain, they would chain him, he would break the chains. Um, what brought him to his senses? Who can tell what brought that man to his senses? I'm sure we all know. Yeah. What is it that brought him back to his senses? <laughs> yes, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. The Bible says when he saw Jesus Christ, he ran to him. Yeah. And prostrated. And then the demons began to talk. Say, why have you come here to harass us? Right. Mm. The only thing that that man had, if he had not gotten to Jesus before the demons restrained him, he wouldn't have gotten there. 
But luckily for him, he got there before the demons began to speak. And mm. Jesus asked, how many, how, who, what's your name? They were yeah. legion. Don't mess with us. You know, then and they eventually asked to be cast out into the uh, pigs. So the whole thing is that the bottom line of these emotions are what? Very spiritual, very demonic. And their goal is to send you to hell. Mm. Except you know that and begin to fight and stand firm with Jesus and lay claim on the things of the spirit, these things will accomplish. He said, I warn you like I've warned you before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom. kingdom." Some people think it's just emotions. No, the agenda is to send you to hell. Hmm. Yeah, either by killing somebody, by hurting somebody, by slapping somebody, by hating others. (laughs) And we know that those who hate are not going to amodras. That's the Bible say, right? Yeah. So, a Christian has no choice. We don't have a choice but to manage our emotions. Mm-hmm. You want to make, mm-hmm. yeah. make make heaven. That's real. I wanted to add something to that. Um, so, yes, I agree that emotions are um, very spiritual. And I like to picture things in my head. So, honestly, when I begin to feel things like anger, I literally imagine that some a being has come to influence my brain or my my heart and caused me to be angry because that's actually what has happened. Um, I was, I, okay, I was listening to a servant. I'm not going to say who I was listening to, but um, he was talking about how by his experience, he's a pastor and he does deliverance. By his experience, every emotion has a demon. So you have spirits of anger and things like that, spirits of resentment, spirits of bitterness and things like that that literally come to influence you. Um but I think it's important for us to know that we don't have to agree with that because it's when we begin to agree that they now find a home inside yeah, of yes. us. That's good. And that's when they begin to actually live inside of us. And then they have the control that we say we don't have. Um, and so I think it's just important for us to know and it's not to become afraid like, right. oh, um, maybe I'm possessed or something like that. In any case, it's important to know that we can disagree mm-hmm. um, with those things that are being put inside of us. And it's important for us to also know that it's not us. And when you say don't agree, what you're saying is don't begin to say things like that is me. Exactly. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that is how I, be, I behave. That's how this I handle my things. This is just who I am. No, you are not just like that. You are created with the love of God in the image of God. And God is love. Amen. 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 Anything departing from that emotion of love, we have to ask, ask God to help us, you know, to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And it reminds me of the verse in Ephesians 4, verse 27. Actually, I can read 26 and 27 that says, when angry, do not sin. Do not ever let your wrath last until the sun goes down. Leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. Hmm. It also reminds me of the verse in James that says, um, submit to God, resist the devil, hmm. and, and he, he will, will flee. flee from you. Yeah. Yeah. But question um, to the to the scripture that you just shared about um, being angry, right? But not That's um sinning, sinning right? Um, and I'm sure it's a question that a lot of people likely have is um how do I keep myself from suppressing my emotions? Because yes, one end of the spectrum of being ruled by your emotions, you know, a roller coaster. That's not good. Right. But then also the other end of the spectrum of I feel this way, but then I'm just going to suppress it because as a Christian, Mm -hmm. you know, I cannot depart from love. And so, you know, and then all of a sudden you just everything just becomes so pinned down, so pinned down, so pinned down. And then one day you just just explode. explode, Right. Because that's what happens. And so I think um, a really important thing to discuss is like what is a, a healthy, right, both healthy and also godly way to channel your anger, you know, to channel your emotion. Like, you know, how do I be angry but not sin? Hmm. You know, you use the word suppress, and I don't think that's the right way. That's the right word for that. Um, don't don't be be angry and sin not. I don't think it means suppress. You can be angry and follow the right channels for resolution. Yeah. No, that's what it means not to. uh, It's sin in anger. You can be angry with your wife, but find a channel for to have a conversation. 
Got it. You know, you can be angry with your son, but find him a, a, a civilized way. <laughs> you know, anger is brutal. Mm. Anger is animalistic. You know, um, find a, 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 a civilized way, a spiritual way, a godly way to handle it. You can have, you can talk through any situation in life mm. if you have self-control. Yeah. There's nothing you can talk about with anybody if you have self-control. That doesn't mean you are not angry. You can be angry, but do things in a godly way, even when you are angry and not become violent. Violence is an act of the devil. You know, he came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. destroy. So when we lend our emotions to destruction, to killing, to hurting other people, that's when we begin to sin. Otherwise, there are many things in our lives we we, we control. Anger should not be an exception. Yeah. Sometimes you're hungry. You don't go grab somebody's feet to eat because you are very hungry, you know, or cut somebody's arm to eat. What do you do? You know, you are hungry, but you're not sinning. You wait for food to come. You know, so there are many things we can even to go use the restroom. Sometimes there's no restroom. What do we do? We control it. You don't pee, you don't pee on yourself. You know, you them so these emotions we also have to learn to just manage in a godly way so i have a question then Mm -hmm. so we were just talking about how um when these emotions come it's spiritual so when when it comes to that verse we just read it says be angry and don't sin where's that anger coming from like can we is there an aspect of these emotions maybe not resentment and bitterness but anger for example is there an aspect that is human Maybe you're not being manipulated because I think that can get confusing. The the biology, the biologists will tell you, yes, that that emotion we have biological emotions. Mm-hmm. You understand? You don't like something, you feel certain way. You know, everybody has a plain emotion, but there are and there are emotions that are now taken over by the enemy. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Yes, there's an emotion when you become vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You be, the enemy engages it, yeah. and then he takes over your the system. It's just like a virus, you know. A cell is living a normal life, and then a virus comes. What does viruses do? They integrate over. into the DNA of that cell, and then hijack the entire system of the cell until the cell dies. The cell is no longer in operation. So when we allow certain emotions and we don't control them early and manage them. You open a door. Every emotion is a door. I think that's the way to look okay. at it. Yeah. It's a gateway for the enemy to come in when you are no longer controlling it. Okay. Yeah. Yes. There's a scripture that I that I want to read. It's James 1, 19 and 20. It says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Mm. So this tells me that the, the anger that comes from us as humans does not compare to God's righteous anger. So it's literally saying that the anger that comes out of us cannot be righteous because mm-hmm. it's not, it does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And so it is an open door. And I think anger is an emotion that the enemy capitalizes on because God tells us to do things out of love. So whether you're speaking, you're rebuking, you're whatever you're doing, if it's coming from human anger, there's no way it will produce righteousness in God's eyes. And it tells it very practically what to do, which is quick to listen and slow to speak. Because I think that if you actually take time to just pause and be still, you're able to distinguish where it's coming from or what's influencing you. And even in that one pause, you're able to see this is the enemy trying to get a foothold and mm-hmm. cause disruption. Mm-hmm. That's good. So, so if we're, you know, so if we're, you know, giving tips to the listeners and even to ourselves, right? Because we're human beings um, and we can also be prone to, um, to, to get angry, yeah. right? Um, that one of the very first things to do, you know, it's just like you, you just shared in that scripture is to just pause, you know, and be still, to be slow to speak. You know, um, and quick to listen. Um, I think that's um, also something that you alluded to, Uncle George, when it comes to dealing with them, um, you know, and managing your anger and your, you know, and your emotions. It's like, okay, if there is uh, somebody who upsets you, you know, let me go to this brother, you know, let me go to this sister and let's see, let's talk, you know, come, let us reason together, you know. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that those, those are really um, good and very practical things to yeah. take away. Yeah, I think it's fitting to start 
just getting into the solutions of this. You know, how do we now overcome? We've seen how, you know, anger and bitterness can arise, but, you know, what are the solutions? What are the practical ways um, to conquer and overcome this? For one, I was thinking when you were talking, Faye, is, you know, a lot of times we do come together to reason, but even that also goes bad. Mm. And so we're reasoning together, but the reasoning is making me more angry and it's fueling me <laughs> all the more. So now I leave more angry and bitter than I was before. And I think one thing is to just let go of assumptions. That's good. Um, I think a lot of times it's so easy to believe that someone has bad intentions, yeah. ill intentions, that they didn't really mean what they said. Because what they said is one thing, but they really meant to take a low blow. But the Bible says that love believes all things. Love bears all things. What, love scri- keeps, what scripture is that? First Corinthians 13. You mm-hmm. know, love keeps one no record. <laughs> one of the verses. <laughs> but it's, love keeps no record of wrongs. It almost seems like as a Christian to love almost makes you foolish. But that's what mm-hmm. God desired. Because use the foolish things of the world to confound the, the wise. wise. So Amen. someone who keeps no record of wrongs may considered to be so foolish and naive and naive right but that's what god is saying and that's how you actually avoid bitterness and anger and rage because you're not keeping record of any wrongs and you're believing all things Mm. i think that's one good solution i will take us back in addition to what you just said stella where um the scripture that i'm actually read it says in your anger do not sin do not let the sun go down while you are still angry angry and do not give the devil a there are about two warnings or three here. God is warning us. There's a reason he says those warnings so that you don't enter into something you can't handle. That's good. You know, sometimes when these things are starting, we just, we are both, you know, it's my, it's me. It's me. You don't know you are opening, you're opening a door for a cancerous thing to start in your life. I see it mm. in the life of children and their parents. Yeah. You know, they start gradually becoming angry with a father or a mom and you know it's very small and then they actually begin to think they have a right to feel that way once you start thinking you have a right to feel that way then you have opened the door for satan yeah because then he, he invades you and you see what started like a simple simple anger become resentment you know grow into adulthood yeah you know and matures in you and you lose control you are no longer happy you are not able to control your emotions and I think there's a scripture that says that a man without self-control is like, like a, a city, city with walls. Without a wall. Down. You know, yeah. it's like you're living in the outside now. You want to stop being angry. You can't, be, you can't help it. You are resenting. And then from there, resentment becomes what you do and how you live. You go to school. You are full of resentment for people because you have lost control. Yeah. You know, so and that's why it says. Do not give the devil a foothold because, like we all say, a foothold becomes what? A stronghold. And when it's a stronghold, you are no longer able to get out of it freely and willingly. Yeah. It has to be broken by higher and bigger anointing. And that's when you need deliverance. So some people need to go for deliverance because of their, their anger. That's yeah. part of the solution. That's where I'm going. Yes. When it has hijacked yeah. you and taken you over, it takes men of God and women of God that understand how to deal with such strongholds. So we stand and let the and will the anointing that will break the yoke of anger. Yes. I was talking to a sister today who told me how she came to the national national conference. Say one sister was laying hands on her all the while, night and day, and these demons will manifest. We say she didn't know why. They, when she came to the nat- national conference this February. She started manifesting and they, they actually left and they left since that time. They have not come back. Hmm. So I said, I'm, I'm bringing that back to say that there is an anointing that breaks the, the yoke. The yoke. Yes. And that's what we find. This yoke of anger will break and you want to be angry and you won't be able to be angry anymore yes. because the yoke is broken. Yes. Amen. Amen. To go off of what Sarah was saying earlier as well. Well, I think that assumptions are um, a foothold um, because I was thinking about it today as well um, assumptions have to do with thinking that you have the right to think something yep. so even though I have not spoken to someone or I actually have no evidence to believe that they meant to do this thing to me I have the right to believe this because this is what this made me feel um, and so I'm going to keep this and I'm not even going to talk to them so that I can keep this thing um, and I think that that's part of the um, the footholds that can turn into strongholds um, and to add to the solution to that, um, you know, as well as everything that we've already said 
In Matthew chapter 5, verse 37, it says, let your yes be simply yes and your no be simply no. Anything more than that comes from the evil one. Um, and I think that um, the, the way I understand that is sometimes when we're dealing with bitterness, resentment, and anger, and we have a lot of assumptions about people um, and just things that we feel like we have the right to think, um, we actually just have to be the ones to drop the assumptions. Um, even if people, even if we're mad because people are believing things about us that are not true, yeah. we have to be the ones to say, okay, I'm going to say what I mean and mean what I say. Um, I'm going to actually be the one to have a clear heart and not be thinking anything that I haven't actually verified. Um, and when that happens, it actually leaves room for that, you know, conversation that you were talking about, Faye, talking to each other and things like that. It leaves room for that to actually be productive because even if someone else is coming into it with an assumption, I am not. Yeah. And so because this is clear. Yeah. And because of that, that actually makes way for things to actually be cleared up because yes, um, I was going to say my dad, Uncle George was talking about um, deliverance, which is a solution. But then when it's still in its early stages and you can actually talk about things, these are easy things that you can actually do. Right. Like if I, if my goal is actually reconciliation, I should be willing to drop everything, mm. drop everything just to have a conversation. Mm. Because sometimes that's literally what comes between me and this person just having a conversation right. about something that will clear it up. Yeah. Um, so that's just what I wanted to add. Like be the, we should be the ones to first drop all the things that we feel like we have the right to think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I think um, another solution um, to especially when it comes to just nipping, nipping it in a bud. Right. Is there's a scripture I love so much. It's in uh, Philippians chapter four, verse five. Philippians chapter four, verse five. And it says, um, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Other versions of it use a word known as forbearance. Yeah. Um, and there's an understanding that uh, God has helped me to have about forbearance um, because this the word forbearance is also used in Romans chapter two, where um, it says, you know, understanding that, that the, the kindness and the forbearance of God, um, you know, leads you to repentance. And so what forbearance essentially means is that you have a level of understanding that enables you to have compassion, right? Yes. And that compassion is me understanding that this individual who may have offended me, whether it's my dad, whether it's my mom, whether it's my best friend, you know, whether it's somebody that I thought was going to um, marry me, you know, but then something happened, you know, this, that, and the third, right? Yeah. That they did not do this with the intention to hurt me. Yes. But they are just a person, a broken person in need of in as much need of God's grace as I am, you know? And I think that when we are able to put ourselves in the other person's shoes, you know, and understand that, Hey, okay. Like I am just as success, you know, susceptible to this error as they were, then I can, you know, dole out the grace in a copious amount mm -hmm. because then I, you know, because then I'm like, okay, if I was in this, you know, if I would have done this then I want this person to also be just as understanding yes. of me, mm -hmm. you know, and, and if everybody is approaching it from that scenario, then we're able to, you know, really actually come to a middle ground, to a place of understanding that, Hey, I'm not out to, you know, I'm not out to hurt you, yeah. you know? It was it's it's the flesh in me, you know, and I'm just a person in process, just like you are a person in process. And the scripture says that let your gentleness be made known to all men because the Lord is at hand. Right. Yes. And it's like God is God is, is he's both like at hand, understanding that I've got to be forbearing because like God is the one who is next to me, helping me to be forbearing mm. because he's given me his heart. Yes. You know. And also, right, you know, that God is at hand because it's like, okay, if I don't take care of this, if, of this bitterness that can spring up in my heart, then also Jesus would have no reason to forgive yeah. me. Look what's at stake. Oh, mm. wow. Yes. Yeah. Um, that, that, that touches like two things. 
Um, the first thing it touches is being a follower of Christ, because this is all impossible to anyone that is not actually looking to Christ as the example. Mm. Um, I actually have a quick um, story about that. One morning, um, I was getting ready to go to work with my mom, and I didn't really know what my mom was doing. I didn't know she was listening, but I went to go see if my grandma was okay because usually my grandma needs help to come down the stairs in the morning. So I wanted her to come down before we left. And basically me and my grandma had that conversation. And then when I was going back to my room, my mom said, wow, thank you for taking care of her. And like, I couldn't even really say you're welcome because I didn't really do it for her to hear it. Right. Um, and so, and maybe if I was trying to be good for her to hear it, I, I may, like, if that was my goal in life, I may not even have gotten to the point of doing it mm-hmm. because the only way that I can even do things that are out of love is by following Christ, yes. not just by trying to, you know, oh, okay, I heard this thing about anger, so let me not be angry anymore or let me go do this nice thing. Um, but it's when I actually am a follower of Christ that he actually enables me to do things and at that point it's not really for anyone Mm. um it's because i follow christ so that's the first thing um i also wanted to read some verses in first corinthians 13 which go um with the you know giving grace and also forbearing first corinthians 13 verse 4 says love endures long and is patient and kind love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy is not boastful or vainglorious does not display itself haughtily it is not conceited. It is not rude and does not act unbecomingly. Love does not insist on its own right. So these are all things we've said or its own way for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. No assumptions. We want right and truth. Yes, to right, yes. right and truth. Not what it seems like, but what it actually is. Mm-hmm. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Mm-hmm. It is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Uh, its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. And so the, what I wanted to say about that is I think that love is not just the solution. The way we look at love also is part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Because if I think that, oh, man... First Corinthians 13, so cute. Love. Yeah, I heard this. I've, I've heard this before. Um, and I, I even get it. Like, I have love. If we look at it like that, then we're never going to get there. But mm. if we see that love is actually the epitome of strength, um, and it is the epitome of everything that we are looking to be yes, in Christ. Yes, um, yes. I haven't gotten it yet. Exactly. Yeah. So you have I'm a goal. learning every day. You have a yes. goal. And so I'll give one more example. Um. So I was in the car one day and um, there's always holdups in the morning. And so um, I was just going to, I was going wherever I was going. I think I was going to work or coming back from work or no, it was in the morning. So I have to be going to work. Okay. Anyways. So um, when you're on a lane and you're trying to make an exit, you have to stay on the same lane, right? You have to stay on a, on a specific lane at least. Right. Um, and it doesn't matter what's going on around you. You have to stay on that lane or else you're not going to be able to get where you're trying to go Mm -hmm. um and so in the morning of course when there are holdups imagine a situation where there are so many cars around you um people are having road rage they're honking their horns people are weaving through other cars and the situation is very unfavorable so how i see love in that situation is the person that's able to say i have a destination so regardless of what's going on around me Mm -hmm. i'm staying on this lane because the only way for me to get to where I'm going, which is the perfection of love is to stay in this lane. So those other people are doing what they're doing because they also feel like they have some, they have a goal. They, they, they need to get somewhere, but the person whose goal is love, that perfection stays on that lane. Um, and we, I don't begin to swerve because other people are swerving. I don't begin to honk my horn and have road rage because everyone else is, but literally if I don't stay in this lane, I won't get to that destination. So I have to stay. So love is actually that person that is in that lane is stronger mm. than everyone else. Yeah. Um, even though they're they're they're, you know, almost not doing anything you could say. Um, so that's how I think about love. I think that love is much more than we give it credit for. It. Mm. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, uh the the to, just to build on that following Christ and being you know the love of God and maintaining the love of Christ. I want to go to Ephesians to uh chapter 4 verse 31 which we did, we read before yeah it says get rid of all bitterness it said it didn't say 
you may get rid of all bitterness. You may you may consider getting rid of you know of all bitterness. Say get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice or maliciousness. You say be kind and compassionate, but that's not where I'm going. If you go to verse 30, it says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And he went ahead to tell us how not to grieve him. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, we agree. Mm-hmm. So, if so, you know, these three things we are talking about chases the Holy Ghost away. Anger, resentment, and what? Rage. Bitterness. They don't, cannot cohabit with the Holy Ghost. Mm. That's why the, the Bible, the Word of mm. God says, if you don't want to, if you want to retain, you know, we talk about retention everywhere, student retention in the university, everything you have to retain something. Yeah. In order to retain the Holy Spirit in your life, you have to get rid of what? Bitterness, anger, and what? Resentment. Resentment. There, yes. are, there are, they have sisters and brothers. Mm-hmm. Envy, jealousy, hatred, they are all in the same group. They chastise the, the believer and they hurt the believer. And the believer that wants to dwell and enjoy the comfort of the Holy Spirit cannot, in you know, cannot uh, tolerate uh, these things. Because again, like I said before, once you start living like that, you open the door for Satan and his cohorts to come and make a nest inside your life, inside your room, inside your business. Mm. And the Holy Spirit has no union with darkness. It has no agreement and harmony with Satan yeah. and with, uh, with, with, with demons. So for us, it's not an option to manage these emotions mm-hmm. if you want to enjoy your Christian uh, life. Amen. 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 Yeah. Amen. yeah. And when I, when I think of um, also, you know, the, the, the goal of having the Spirit's presence, um, you know, and the Spirit's wisdom, um, I think about James chapter 3, um, verse 17. Right. Um, and actually, we could start from verse 14, James chapter three, verse 14. It says, uh, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual and demonic hmm. for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are. Mm-mm. So nobody likes confusion. Right. Nobody yeah. likes evil things. Right. Nobody likes the, the all the all of those demonic things. Right. And so it gives us the practical things to pursue. It says, but the wisdom that is from above that comes from the Holy Spirit is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And I think that that is, um, you know, one of the enduring and abiding reasons why a person should constantly pursue the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's that peace. Yes. That peace, that that comfort, that joy, you know, um, that 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 quality of life that is much greater than the lower level quality of life Mm -hmm. where you're always anxious Mm -hmm. or you're always upset, you know, where you can't freely be in a place without Mm -hmm. thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, without, you can't be free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're just bound. So it's funny that being willing to yield Mm. is being free. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I think Jesus is actually the perfect example because, um, you know, when he was on trial and, Pilate was asking him all these questions. He was being mocked, all these different things. They were calling him, you know, aren't you the king of the Jews? They say you're this, say you're that. And Jesus was able to just be quiet and let them crucify him. What? He was just able to keep his mouth shut and let them mock him. He's what? God. He he can he can snap he his finger. He knew when, when they were born. He, 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 he was there. God could literally snap his he finger and wipe secrets. them all out like the days of Noah. He knows all their secrets. But he was able to just be quiet and yield to the Holy Spirit. That's good. And he was free in that. Like he didn't have to defend himself. He didn't have to prove his title. Mm. He didn't there were there was no need for that in his heart. There was just purity and you can tell that this man is actually in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Like this mm. man, Jesus, is one with God. Of course, he's God. Yes. Self-control. 
And I think that's why following Christ is not just a statement, but it's very true. If Jesus Christ could be on trial and be mocked and disgraced in the worst form ever seen mm. on earth, and we said that the same spirit that raised him from the dead lives inside of us, mm. then who are we as children of God that we cannot have that same power to be self-controlled, to not be mastered by anything? I think it's worth thinking about and praying about. And, you know, our time is cutting short, so we can all do our closing remarks. I just want to say this, that, you know, Wisdom is the principal thing. And in all you're getting, get understanding. In Proverbs 19, 11, it says, a person's wisdom yields patient and it is to one's glory to overlook an offense. You know, as Christians, not we think that growing in God means that we're learning some new extraterrestrial revelation about how God has this one Hebrew name, like just all these big things. But no, honestly, I think the true sign that you are growing in Christ is not that you're learning all this hidden mysteries, but that what you know about Christ is becoming richer. That's good. Like your knowledge of Christ is growing richer. And then now you can actually look at this and begin to understand that, wow, I'm actually able to let go of all bitterness. Mm. I'm actually able to let mm-hmm. go of all race. I'm actually able to be like Jesus yes. and pursue it. That's so that's miracle. my closing argument that I'm choosing to believe that I can actually be like Christ. And because I have that understanding, bitterness and rage and resentment will be far from me by God's grace. Amen. Amen. And I Amen. want to say that all of us are going to be tested. <laughs> maybe by the end of tonight, Yay! I are going to be tested. But I want to say, maybe you can call it closing remarks, but I would, I would like to talk again. <laughs> um, the, when the, the lie of the devil uh, to us, you notice I have been reading a lot of books on deliverance recently. The lie of the devil is that you have a right to be angry, right? Mm-hmm. That's yes. one big lie of the devil. You have a right to be angry. My this person has done this to me. Therefore, I have a right. I have good standing <laughs> to be. Let me give you an example quickly. I, I have a, um, a niece of mine, a niece, is that? Yeah. That I, I trained, took care of in school, paid school fees. She graduated nicely. And for, for almost nine months now, I've not spoken to her, but I love her dearly and I've been taking care of her. Every time I see her, I say, hey, be nice. Don't, don't go doing stuff with men. Don't get pregnant. Don't get married with dignity you know she's not uh one again the way we said today uh we, we can talk about it you know but she she's quite a decent person but do you know i called her like just i think last month i just called her like today and we talked and the next day they told me she just delivered wow hey. wow she just had a baby and i'm like okay i spoke to you yesterday you tell me when somewhere you were doing this in the NYSC. Man, I was upset. Mm. Wow. I was upset because this is not the plan I had for her when I put her into school. Right. I wanted her to bring a change in her own small family where she's the only one going, who went to school. So she's been calling me, calling me since that time. I refused to pick the call. So I said, <laughs> now I'm not answering her. She called me everywhere. So recently I said, what type of pastor am I? <laughs> Are you not a shepherd? What's wrong with you? Mm. As if I died up, am I going to say I'm angry or not angry? What am I trying to preach? So I picked up my, I called her back today and she, she started talking, please. I was still angry again. I said, why? What, what forgiveness are you asking for? You did what you wanted to, to do. Now you manage your, affairs and manage your business but i still have compassion but i'm just thinking i have to teach her a lesson mm. but i'm saying that if i carry on for a very long time without dealing with this it can turn into bitterness it can turn into resentment yeah. it can become a different ballgame so um my closing remark therefore is never you think that you have never you think that you you have the right to be angry mm. no matter what people have done yeah. to you anger must not become your property Amen. Amen. Um, my closing remark is uh, from Luke chapter 17. Um, and it's where Jesus tells his disciples that it is impossible that offenses should come. Right. And so if I understand that offense is going to come, a wise man would protect himself and the way in which we protect ourselves from offense, from anger, from bitterness and resentment is found in Ephesians chapter six where it tells us to put on the whole armor of God 
And one of the one of the key pieces of the armor is the shield of faith. So to defend myself against the offense that is just going to come, I've got to put on the shield of faith, understanding that God is going to fight for me. Amen. 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 My closing remark comes from John 13, verse 35. It says, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have loved one to another. Amen. And I'll, I'll close us out with this scripture. It's Ecclesiastes 7, 9. And it says, do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the laps of fools. Excuse me. Anger resides in the laps of fools. And, you know, whenever the Bible mentions fools, I think about every other place it mentions fools. It says that fools are those who say there is no God and fools are just those who are almost useless. And so if God can say that those who are quick to anger are like fools is a very serious thing. So I think it's fitting that we pray because God is able to help us. Amen. Even us, Amen. you know, who are here discussing, like Uncle George said, we will be tested too, mm. <laughs> even maybe on our way home. But the Holy Spirit is real. And, you know, the word of God is powerful. It's active. And God is actually able to help us. So I'm going to go ahead and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you, God, because, Lord, in you we are overcomers, God. Even yes. our faith helps us to overcome the world and its passions and desires. I thank you, God, because, Lord, a fruit of the Spirit is self-control. So I pray, God, that you would help us to be filled with your Holy Spirit. For those who are listening, God, who are struggling, where anger and rage and bitterness has become a stronghold, I declare, God, that they shall be free and free indeed. For your word promises that when we know the truth, the truth sets us free. So we thank you, God, for freedom, Lord. I pray that you would give your children strength to become restless and break the yoke off of their own necks, Amen. oh God. We thank you, Lord God, because you will help us, Lord, to bear the fruit of the Spirit, God, to say no to the rights we think we have and to say yes to following Jesus Christ. May your love perfect us, oh God, that we may continue on as one body in unity and in love. Father, we thank you for, Lord, this word would not come back to mock us, God, but we shall grow. Amen. We shall grow in you, Lord. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank I pray you, that we would seek to please you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Please stay tuned for future episodes. And you can follow us on our social media pages at Bethel Campus Fellowship. We hope to hear you or see you next time. God bless.